It's Monday, August the 30th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, America strikes Islamic State again and Hurricane Ida hits Louisiana. First, the world in brief. An American airstrike in Afghanistan hit a vehicle carrying, quote, multiple suicide bombers who may have been on their way to attack the American evacuation from Kabul airport. The would-be bombers are believed to have been affiliated to Islamic State Khorasan province, an enemy of both America and the Taliban. On Saturday, America carried out a drone strike against ISKP in Nangarhar province in response to Thursday's suicide bombing at the airport, which killed at least 170 Afghans. The remains of 13 American service personnel killed in that blast arrived back in America. ISKP claimed responsibility for the bombing. An emergency meeting today of the UN Security Council will hear a resolution aimed at establishing a safe zone around Kabul airport after the Americans leave. The Taliban has said it will allow foreigners and Afghans with visas to leave. America aims to airlift the last 300 American citizens out of Afghanistan before its withdrawal deadline tomorrow. Many countries have now wound down their evacuations. New Orleans lost mains electricity after Hurricane Ida, which has since weakened to a Category 3 storm, hit Louisiana. It made landfall on the 16th anniversary of Hurricane Katrina, which killed over 1,800 people. Since then, billions of dollars have been spent improving the city's flood defences. Some levees are full, but there have been no reports of a breach yet. North Korea appears to have restarted a nuclear reactor that is thought to produce plutonium for weapons, according to a report by the International Atomic Energy Agency. The UN watchdog said the reopening of the Yongbyon reactor, which may have happened in July, would be, quote, deeply troubling. IAEA inspectors were kicked out of North Korea in 2009. It now mostly monitors the country by satellite. Huarong, a troubled Chinese asset manager, at last published its annual report, 11 days after receiving a government-organized bailout. Huarong revealed a record loss of 102.9 billion yuan, $15.9 billion, for its previous financial year and an eye-popping debt-to-equity ratio of 1,333. The firm says it plans to dispose of non-core business activities in the, quote, near future to reduce its debt. Christina Furster, a member of Lufthansa's board, revealed that the German airline group plans to recover from the pandemic by wooing back business travellers. It also hopes that more flights to each destination it serves and improvements to catering will help to attract them. Lufthansa is carrying half as many passengers as it was before the pandemic. At least 30 soldiers were killed and 60 injured as a result of airstrikes by Houthis on the Al-Anad military base in southwest Yemen, which is occupied by the Saudi-led coalition that supports the country's government. The death toll may rise further as rescuers clear the rubble. Peace talks sponsored by the UN between the Houthis, who are backed by Iran, and the coalition have stalled in recent weeks. And fact of the day. 24. The number of physical bookshops that Amazon has opened in America since 2015. And now here's today's agenda. After the war on terror. Counterterrorism in Afghanistan. America may be in the final stages of its evacuation from Afghanistan, but it can still fight back. On Thursday, a suicide bombing at Kabul airport killed 13 Americans and over 170 Afghans. Two days later, America said it had killed two, quote, planners for Islamic State Khorasan province, the outfit that claimed to have carried out the attack with a drone. 
Yesterday, another drone strike reportedly hit a vehicle carrying ISKP militants who may have been on their way to carry out another bombing. But with American forces leaving, hunting down terrorists is going to get harder. One problem is how to collect intelligence on them. America used to rely on its troops on the ground and its allies in the Afghan army and spy service. Neither exist anymore. Another is how to launch attacks. Drones can fly further than ever, but Afghanistan's landlocked geography means they have to overfly neighbours, not all of whom are American allies. Up from the abyss, India's economy. India's GDP figures for the quarter to the end of June will be released today. They are expected to be good and, unlike most government releases that are suspected of flattering results, they are unlikely to understate the full extent of the recovery. Economists polled by Reuters predict 20% growth year-on-year, the fastest since India began to report quarterly GDP numbers in the 1990s. This comes despite the first part of the period overlapping with the worst of a second wave of COVID-19 infections. Since then, case numbers have fallen. Joblessness has steadily declined. Real-time indicators of activity, such as electricity usage and car sales, are growing rapidly. In Mumbai, the financial capital, a curfew has been relaxed a little. Offices have reopened. Landlords are said to be pushing up rents towards pre-COVID levels. And in the strongest and worst sign of a return to economic normality, road traffic is once again awful. Not there yet. The Euro area's economy. Late summer in Europe usually means sun-soaked holidays and out-of-office emails. Recently, it has brought cheery economic news too. Survey data measuring economic sentiment and consumer confidence, released today by Eurostat, the European Union Statistics Agency, will indicate whether the bloc's economic recovery is still gaining speed. There are grounds for optimism. The euro area's GDP began to expand again in the second quarter of the year. The wave of infections caused by the Delta variant of COVID-19 is subsiding. Vaccination rates, slow to start, have gained pace, surpassing America's. Yet not all the news is good. Output is still 3% below pre-COVID levels. America and China, by contrast, have regained all the ground they lost during the pandemic. Supply chain bottlenecks have crimped growth and sent prices higher although the European Central Bank thinks the resulting inflation surge is transitory and so will keep its monetary policy loose. Europe's economic recovery is heartening, but it is incomplete. A cruel wind. Hurricane Ida. Since Hurricane Ida made landfall on the Louisiana coast on Sunday, high winds and rains have battered its low-lying coast just as a storm surge brings more water. All of New Orleans has lost Maine's power. With some of the highest rates of COVID-19 in the country, Louisiana's hospitals are already full of patients who could not be evacuated. Louisiana's governor, John Edwards, warned that residents were about to be tested, quote, in ways that we can only imagine. But he was also able to claim that the state had, quote, never been more prepared. 16 years ago, Hurricane Katrina flooded 80% of New Orleans and killed at least 1,833 people. The city's black neighbourhoods were hit hardest and looting compounded the misery. Since then, $14.5 billion have been spent on the levees which protect the city. The wait is on to see if that was enough. Staircase to Stardom Venice's Film Festival The Venice International Film Festival kicks off this week. 
the 10-day shindig has become an early indicator of award glory. For instance, two out of the past four winners of its quote Golden Lion Prize for Best Film went on to win the Best Picture Oscar, Nomadland and The Shape of Water. Which films will be tipped for stardom this year? The show opens with Pedro Almodovar's 22nd feature film, Parallel Mothers, centred on two women who meet in hospital about to give birth. Kristen Stewart plays Princess Diana in Spencer. And sci-fi fans eagerly await the arrival of Denis Villeneuve's Dune, a space saga starring Timothy Chalamet. Other highlights include The Last Jewel, a historical epic directed by Ridley Scott, and yet another instalment of the Halloween slasher series. It is certainly an eclectic crop. For now, the world awaits the critics' verdicts. Summer Quiz Week 7 It's a new week and thus a new chance to trounce the baristas in the Summer Quiz. For Week 7, we'll again serve up a daily question. On Thursday, your challenge will be to give all four answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 5pm BST on Thursday to editor-espresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Friday. Monday. Which tough guy performer won his only Best Actor Oscar for a musical Yankee Doodle Dandy? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Warren Buffett, who was born on this day in 1930. Someone's sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download the Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. Music